Special quick note here. I want to really thank Jamak for her time on this because she wasn't feeling the best and she still, uh, as usual, delivered incredible insights. So thank you again, as always, Jamak. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Degani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of data mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the data mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode. So you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music and then we'll get into that summary. place in data mesh. Schmack's corner number 17. So when we get into this, this is the start of a new uh, recording with Schmack. And we're talking about what is AI and ML's place in, in data mesh. And Schmack starts out talking about how humans by our very nature categorize things. Otherwise, how can we really differentiate? How can we learn about new ideas and experiences if not finding a way to store them in our mental models, right? And in data, we've been treating diagnostic and descriptive analytics as an entirely different category to predictive analytics of AI and ML. The way we partition the world in data is around how data will be used and then prepare the data as such to be very fit for purpose for either, you know, kind of the diagnostic descriptive analytics or AI and ML. What if instead we partition around the data domain and that's where we categorize things is at the domain level and we don't really care about who or how things are used. We want to serve all of our consumers. What changes? Can we create data that is simply usable by many? Does that actually reduce complexity when we are looking to serve everybody with the same data product? Because we're not owning data production designed to a bunch of different specific purposes. So instead of, you know, owning five, 10, whatever data assets or nobody really owning them, <laughs> they just kind of exist. If we categorize around the domain, can we make it so that it doesn't matter 
who we're preparing the data for. You know, we have to make it so that AI and ML folks can actually consume from it, you know, not just say, hey, just use SQL. But that we're, you know, can we really change how much effort we have to put in when we're actually categorizing and that we don't have a ton of extra work to really think about serving, you know, the data science folks instead of just serving everybody with our, our general data products. So I think it's a great um, introduction into this topic about AI and ML's place in data mesh. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. Okay. Just a reminder before we get in that if people are interested in potentially working with Jamak and team as a customer or partner or as an employee, you can go to nextdata.com. So welcome back, Jamak, for another Jamak's Corner. Thank you so much for spending the time here today. Happy to be back, Scott. Great to see you. <laughs> So you're just coming back from day-to-day Texas, and there there was a lot of conversations here. But one thing that you and I have talked about is, so the perception of data mesh, when we talk about analytics, you and I, uh, we're meaning something different than what a lot of people are. You know, you've talked in your book that... Um, you know, kind of diagnostic analytics and predictive analytics are the two kind of main things where right now we're really, really missing out um, on being able to serve these. And so when you're talking about that diagnostic, that is the traditional thing that people think of analytics and BI, but AIML, right? Very, very important for this. When I listen to your early presentations, you talk more about machine learning. When I'm reading your book, you're talking constantly about experimentation. And yes, you can do experimentation when it's not machine learning. But like, so when we think about AI, ML, you've ta- again, you've, you've been conceptualizing this from the beginning. What place do you see for AI and ML in, in data mesh? Is that mostly it's a consumer that must be accounted for, a, a producer to the mesh? Do you see analytics as a consumer in that same way? You know, just if, if you can kind of help people get into that space of how does machine learning play in and how is it an integral part of doing data mesh well and getting the most out of data mesh? Great question. Um, you know, as human beings, the way our I guess, uh, brain works, we have to categorize and pattern match. And one thing we do is we constantly create categories. And one of those categories is difference between, you know, uh, analytics and then AI and ML. And in fact, data mesh try to remove some of this um, as a concept uh, some of these classifications, bifurcations that had created complexity, unnecessary complexity, accidental complexity. And one of those uh, partitions that it tries to remove is this partitioning between analytical 
workloads or analytical data for analytics versus data for machine learning and AI. So as a starting point, as a paradigm, as an approach, it tries to center data around domain and domain ownership um, and assumes that you know the, the data that is domain oriented can be used for a diverse set of use cases, whether it's analytics, looking at the past, or whether whether it's AI and ML, finding patterns to predict the future. Um, so then if we work backward from that view of the world, that the way we've, I guess maybe I'll repeat myself a little bit here, but the way we are partitioning the world is around ownership of the data, particularly around business domains in this case, and maybe in future around other access, not so much around technology, technology being analytics versus ML. So if we assume that's the state of the universe, domain first, technology second, then the question, I guess I can, now I can answer your question to say, where does AI and ML show itself uh, in a data mesh diagram? If we see this world as this domain-oriented data products interconnected, where does AI and ML fit? But, that's, but that's, does that general maybe description of the positioning of data mesh with regard to AI and ML make sense before we go further? Yeah, I think exactly what you're saying there. It, it makes a ton of sense of with when you think about anything, you have to chunk it up in a certain way. And the way that we've chunked up data analytics, all of this is that whole pipeline concept. It's I do A, then B, then C, then D. And it is used for A or it is used for B. And I will fully form it so that it can fit in very well for A or for B, but never the twain shall meet, right? Like I have to treat both of these as if they're completely, completely separate instead of kind of adding some complexity at the data product level because data products are more complex than producing a data table, but that we don't need that kind of strange bifurcation and and having to own these 50 different things instead of just going, why don't we collapse it into one, right? Like that's what I was getting from what you were saying there. Does that, is that kind of what you're thinking? Exactly. And and we see some of that collapsing happening um, uh, by vendors extending their capabilities. For example, you know, BigQuery or a lot of data warehouses that traditionally were used for analytical workload. You know, you run SQL and out of that SQL comes a, piece of insight or that you generate a report out of, um, that now they are, you know, even BigQuery, I think a few years back, extended their SQL language to include machine learning training. So this is your data set, go and train a model and just do that this, with the same same analytical kind of use user interface and the skill sets that you, people had. And on the other hand, you know, warehouse uh, lakes that were traditionally used for semi-structured kind of columnar feature-based files that machine learning users were using, saying you can run SQL query and they're as performant as a warehouse. So some of that convergence just from technology perspective is happening, but from the experience, I think we're, we're not quite there yet. And from the data mesh perspective, it's a whole other, like, it's technology agnostic, right? Can we 
can we do analytics and AI in a domain-oriented, decentralized way, which is the next level of, uh, I guess, maturity toward this distributed autonomous and scale-out model of architecture and operating model. So so, um, I think that's kind of where we are today. so shall we shall we jump in talk uh, in talking about um, where does AI and ML fit in on this mesh? Yeah, I think that's the perfect kind of transition. We've set up the <laughs> it's not great right now. Here's why it's not great. It makes sense that it's not great at your company. We're not throwing anybody under the bus, but I think yeah. a lot of people will be like, "Yes, I recognize this as the pain point. <laughs> this is the problem." So yes, how how do you see it? Maybe we can even talk about like that phase of like in the initial phase, we Mm -hmm. don't see, do you see AI and ML as a main producer or do you see them as evolving into that? Or do you think that we even start to go, I don't think of AI and ML, I think of it as predictive versus diagnostic. And it's not that this is this specific kind of, we're doing very machine learning-y things versus like, are we doing predictive? Okay, that still matches with machine learning, but it, we don't have to have even that separation between that. Or does that go too far because then humans can't categorize? Well, well, let's uh, let's actually let's go as far as we can, and then work backward <laughs> and see what what we should start with, right? So let's let's think about what would be, um, what would be one possible, you know, ideal ideal state. Um, in data mesh, I put a lot of emphasis on data as a product. And when we think about the product, um, we think about, we don't think about a very narrow niche market, but well, some, some products are like that, but I don't think data products can be narrowly addressing a very small market as in, I just, I'm a data product. I tell you sales information as long as you can understand SQL. Or as long as you're using, uh, you know, ML technologies, that, that's not the case, right? The ideal use case is, I'm a, I'm a data product. I provide you sales information, and I provide that information with all that additional metadata and APIs that makes it so so easy for you to discover me and understand this data and use it. And most importantly, just access it however you want. Like, it doesn't matter. You want to see it as columns or you want to see it as SQL or, or whatever methods we're going to come, <clears throat> come up with in future, you have that native mode of access. And it's the intelligence of the platform that would hide away any extra work that needs to happen for you to access the data in your, you as a data consumer in your native mode. And if that's the target future, we don't care if that data is used or even internally that data is predicting some future state or it is analyzing some past trends. Um, in that world, you're just a data product. It really, it really doesn't matter what you are. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks, looking to partner with others, and just kind of check it out. And as for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat Data Mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.